I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's After Show for Teen Mom OG. I'm your host, Mackenzie Thane, and I have the lovely... Hi guys, I'm Brooke Solis. Happy to be here again, to be back. I'm like in and out. I'm like these boyfriends and husbands on Teen Mom. <laughs> no, you know what though? Like I love when you're here so, so Thank much you. that it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Good, you are you keep coming back. <laughs> I'm gonna let you keep walking into my life and leaving. I'm be okay with you. I'm like the F boy who keeps walking (laughs) in and out of your life. (laughs) So funny. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We have a great episode to cover and some crazy, like just now groundbreaking news. I cannot wait to tell you about. Um, And a really exciting interview tomorrow that we're doing for After Buzz tomorrow night. So stick around. Lots to update you guys on. But tonight. We are going to be breaking down the episode. It's episode 22 of season eight that we've been on. Time for a talk. Brooke, Mm. what do you think of this episode? Um, Just overall opinion. Well, I really liked, I mean, given it's time for a talk and we start out with uh, Bentley and his situation. And I thought it was so cute. I have a nine-year-old, like started scaring me a little bit because I know eventually I'll have to have that talk with her. And I thought that um, it was funny. I was thinking, like, if, if Ryan had to, to do that talk, no bueno. Like, like what Macy said, like, I just could not see him even be being mature enough and serious enough about it. And I know it's so sad. And I know that's what he ultimately wants. Like, he wants to have control. He wants to feel like the daughter. I, like, partially feel bad for him. But then I, it's hard to really have a lot of sympathy for him because he's also made the choices to not – become mature, not play like as much of a part as he could play and kind of let his parents do everything. Um, but, uh, I thought the talk, it's the talk itself was really precious. And Bentley's so, he's so well-behaved and grown up and mature. He seems like a really good boy. Yeah, he really does. But before we get into it, like overall, did you think this, this episode was like slow? Did you think it, what'd you think? Like, um, I mean, it was one of the slower episodes because we didn't have any major drama. You just kind of see a splice of their everyday life for each of them. And um, they're just true to form, each of them, in that splice of life. Um, but I, I liked it because for all of them, we, we delve into a little bit more of like, like, that's what life is. It's not always like major drama. There's ups and downs. And then there's just normal days. So. So true. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I thought the same thing. Um, let us know what you guys thought of the episode, um, before we talked, after we talk, um, in the comments below and we definitely read them and we want to know what you guys think and definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe, um, all the things that keep us going for sure. So like you said, yeah, we'll jump right into it and talk about Macy's segment, uh, in this episode. And yeah, just like you were saying, we have this talk, but first in the beginning, we find out that Bentley has this little girlfriend. Right. And then he breaks up with her. <laughs> right, right. Wait, how old is he exactly? He's 11, 11. right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he's going to junior high. Yes, okay. So Macy, you know, tells Taylor that she he needs to have a talk with Bentley, you know, just making sure that he can, you know, 
talk to him about how he treats other people and how he should be treated and, you know, in terms of relationships and friendships and, you know, little mm-hmm. girlfriends or whatever. Respecting women. Yeah. And um, right. I didn't realize that her parents were teen parents. Yeah, I caught that too. And she's right. It's important that you do break that cycle. And sometimes you don't realize it subconsciously that you're, that you're recycling the behaviors of your parents until you get older and then you catch yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what my mom does. I'm acting how my mom used to act. As a mother of a nine-year-old, like you've been doing it for a while. Like (laughs) how do you, cause that scared me when she said that, when she said the part, um, She said, and me and she said, my parents were teen parents and they talked to me all the time about it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you can do all the talking and that still doesn't help. (laughs) I know. She's like, and I still ended up a teen parent. Oh, I think, I mean, as parents and you'll, obviously you're a future parent, something you struggle with every day. And I think you learn from some of the things you went through as a child with your parent. Cause my mom was like, my mom and I were very close. I think she was a little too much of a helicopter parent, which I don't think is the best thing for a child. I want my daughter to be more independent. I like to give her more of her own independent choices. And my mom wasn't always that way, but I still ended up very independent, ironically. But um, I think also it's just like generations change too. Like I didn't grow up with the internet like my daughter is growing up with. So like that changes everything. She sees a lot, even though I try to monitor most of what she sees like on YouTube or television shows or just talking with their friends, which I can't control when she's at school. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like how it's not like you can even look back and be like, Oh, this is how my mom did it. Like you have to do it all on your own from scratch and Mm -hmm. make your own idea of what's supposed to be right and wrong for your kid. Mm -hmm. One thing I will say that my mom did that I really appreciate is my mom never sheltered me though. She did treat me kind of as a little adult. Like she, she made sure I was protected. Like she wouldn't um, expose me to something that that's too early for my age, but she also never sheltered me. Like we grew up in like not the nicest side of town. And um, I guess you could say like the hood with a lot of brown and black people. And like, I grew up on hip hop culture and like, there were, I remember being like five and six and like listening to rap songs that had bad words in them. And like, that's probably where my love of hip hop comes from. But like, it was like, okay, that's a bad word. And you know not to say it like it it exists and this exists and that exists. And like, I appreciated that because as I got older, like I went to junior high and like you could tell the kids who never were exposed to bad words or sugar or whatever it was. And they were the ones who were like, thought it was like so cool to like curse all the time. And it was kind of like, dude, I've heard it before. Like I've been there before. You could almost tell the kids who didn't get the exposure. And so they like went off the rails. That's so, so, my child. That is so true. And it's funny, you remind me of like a little J-Lo. So like <laughs> well, thank you. So, um, I grew up but, in the age of J-Lo. Like I was in college when she was um just made Jenny from the block and she had like a blockbuster at the same time. So that is a huge compliment to me because I wanted to be J-Lo in college. You look like her. I see a resemblance. I'm telling <laughs> now you. If I could just get her abs. <laughs> All right. So Ryan, um, you know, has this little part where he talks about this breakup and it just kind of baffled me. I don't know if it did for you. Uh, what did you think about what Ryan said? You know, he's like, I think that Bentley's going to be like the, the, one of those guys that like boohoo cries about it and girls just break up with him just to get a laugh and just talking all this like 
craziness about his son. I know. I think it's unfortunate. I think he just feels like he has no control, like I said, in that situation with his son. So, of course, he's going to downplay the really good work that Macy and Taylor have done with him and say, oh, he's going to be a wuss. He's going to be a crybaby because he didn't take any part. So if he can bring out anything that's bad about Bentley, which is sad, that's your son. I personally, and I think Taylor with his talk, he handled it really well. I liked seeing Macy talk about like extol Taylor for how good of a like dad and male figure he is. Cause he really is. If you think about it. Oh my God. He's just so great. He's like, a role model dad and stepfather and I feel like husband and Mm -hmm. he is really great so yeah let's talk about the talk a little bit I mean how cool and like suave did Taylor go in there like I know he was just so cool about it at one point way back and I don't remember which season I think it was when Macy and Taylor there was a point where they were having problems and I felt like he wasn't very communicative but I've seen him really evolve. And I think this is a testament to that where he was able to kind of get Bentley to open up in his own way, but not make it like a big deal and make him feel like he was just having a chill, normal conversation with his stepdad as they hang out. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool that he just like reassured him like, yeah, if you want to even tell your mom something like, and you don't know how to go about doing it. Like I'll help you with that. Don't worry. And he just made it such a safe zone for him. And it's just really cool. And I love how Macy kind of steps back and she lets Taylor take the reins in that sort of sense, because he's a guy like mm-hmm. Bentley's going to want it to come from a guy, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think Bentley like will appreciate it and, and Mel's model model other male behavior. So I think that's exactly what he needed at that time for that situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Macy was just so happy about the talk and, <laughs> you know, praising Taylor, like we said, and just saying, you know, you're such a great dad. And it was such a nice moment. I loved it. I think, Um, yeah, it's just so important for a boy to to have that male figure. And we know that they can model themselves after. Yeah. Um, Macy says that Ryan should definitely not have a conversation with Benley. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what else? I kind of felt like she knows that that's going to be Ryan's, that's going to get back to Ryan. Like, yes, you feel it and you think it, but you know, that's going to get back to Ryan and you know, eventually Bentley's going to see it. And like, it doesn't, that, you're obviously not trying to fix any relationship with Ryan that you have. Cause you know, it's only going to piss him off. And then Taylor even was like, no comment on that too. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Okay. That's fine. We get it. Like you guys like see all of his flaws, which he does have a ton. But like, if you're really working towards something, I would say something more hopeful. Like, I hope he can get to the place where someday Ryan can have a, like, a a good conversation with his son. And instead, like, she's still, she knows that she knows that's going to come back. But you know, maybe that's the whole fun of it for her, the drama. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But just to play devil's advocate, because I just feel like she, her blood must boil watching what he says about her son and how she he mm-hmm. treats her. So, and you know, and she's just like, I feel like done, but has to put up this, like, I have to try to figure it out for him. He's getting older. It's my, you know, I have my duty. So I just, I just can't help but feel bad that she's even in the situation. Like, no, the guy isn't even having a talk with him and he's still literally talking crap about his own son. Yeah, that's true. A, you know, pretty much like behind his back, calling him a wussy, like he has his first little breakup. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's how you, so 
And, and she knows him to the core more so than we do, obviously. And she's dealt with all of his BS for the year through the year. So it's probably inevitable that that's how she would respond. Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of like, it's been a cycle with him. He, he talks crap. She talks crap back. Like if you ever want to get better, you, you might have to try a different approach. And like with him, sometimes he said, he's so immature that I don't know. I, I think that negativity is not going to get and get her anywhere with him. It just puts him in a bad place, but yeah, exactly. And another one that, um, you know, goes through some, he's getting older, goes through some changes that we talk about in this episode is little Gannon, Mackenzie's son. Oh, Um, so cute. (laughs) He's been acting differently. She thinks, and she's really worried, you know, that he's not dealing with his emotions about her mom passing. Mm -hmm. Um, and she kind of brings up the fact that Jaxie talks and is willing to be open about missing her nanny and um she's found Gannon crying a couple times and then he'll just like wipe his tears um and then he's like coming home from friends houses which like wasn't a thing before um and he just feel and then he just kind of like says that he has a weird feeling and he doesn't Mm want to be there um this was just so heartbreaking to me because it was just a prime example of him having the exact same emotional like disconnect as his father yeah he is his father's son that's for sure I like that they sat together on the bed and like kind of made him feel comfortable and went back and forth I thought it was precious that he was even opening up because Josh does not open up and apparently Gannon's that way with their emotions you know I don't know if it was like the mommy intuition in me but when he said the one part about when I go to someone else's house I have this weird feeling that something bad's gonna happen I was like or maybe it's the lawyer in me or the my, I don't know, fiancés in law enforcement. I was like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Has something bad happened? Like that was like sent. My antenna went up. I don't know if you thought that or if you caught that. Yes, I did think something of it, but I want to know more of like what you thought of it. I don't know. Like if 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 he's going to other people's homes and feels like he can't stay the night, and he feels scared that something bad's going to happen, I just wonder if he's had a bad experience at someone's home. I know that seems far-fetched. I'm saying like with another family member. I mean, maybe okay. this is what I, that's what I was thinking. when he I said took that. it as like something bad's going to happen at his home. So he wants to be home. Oh, right, right, right. I so, thought about that for a second. And I thought, well, maybe with the death, you know what I mean? Because here was this impending death. They knew that, that her mom was going to die and then she dies. So now he feels like when I'm gone, what if someone else dies? Something like that. But I, everything went through my mind. I think it's just the little paranoia in me, but I'm thinking, do you not feel safe away from home? Like that's what a parent goes through all that. And I wish she had expounded, expanded further and said, what do you mean? What, what do you feel? Why do you feel that? What have you experienced? Is it be, are you worried about mom and dad? Are you worried about yourself there? And she kind of just yeah. let it go. Yeah. She didn't want to like pry, but you she almost like only scratched the surface like I don't even think she even like got too much but I get it she was trying like she didn't want to push too much and Mm -hmm. he's already like weird about even like hugging her yeah I thought that was cute he's like if I hug you it's gonna be like you're my girlfriend I know it's so funny my brother is literally 20 years old and like still will like hang out with my mom like loves my mom he's such a mama's boy and he even has like a girlfriend like it's just so funny so to see little I was like so heartbroken I'm like oh my god if my little boy's like that I will be so sad sad. at nine if he doesn't want to hug you're having a girl or a boy now I forget 
I'm having a girl, girl. but okay, yeah, yeah. first place, like I yeah. or like you know, later on, but yes. oh my god, it'd be so sad. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was so the whole thing was so strange, but and and so upsetting. I just feel so bad. This poor kid has like all these emotions that he doesn't mm-hmm. even know what to do with. And then, you know, Josh is kind of just sitting there like laughing. I just, oh, Lord. it's like, okay, guy, I get that you don't have emotions. I understand that, but this is your kid and you need to understand that this is a big deal and he needs you because you're the one that can relate to him the most. Yeah. Josh is another Ryan to me. Yeah. I mean, stuck in like immaturity, ego. I just don't think that they're in. This sounds so bad, but I just don't know that their, their intelligence level is that high either. Like they don't seem very smart to me and maybe it's just life experience, but I don't, I wonder if Josh was a mommy's boy too. I wonder about that. Like Ryan, because when you have mommy doing everything for you all the time, like when do you make your own decisions? When do you become a man? And I just see the same thing. Like, do you, don't you think Gannon is turning into Josh and Gannon is not a mommy's boy? Yeah, a little bit, but I really think it's him modeling Josh's behavior of saying like, like Josh doesn't cry. Remember she asked him, she's like, it's okay if you have to cry. And he's like, no, like, no, it's not. And so he's trying to show him, Hey, it's okay to show some feeling. It's okay not to like lash out in anger, whatever it might be. Or it's, it's okay not to bottle it all up. And And that's that's all he sees with Josh. Yeah. And that's another thing that she had said, which would make sense to, she's saying that, he's manifesting possibly his sadness into fear. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's getting nervous. Like he doesn't know what to do with all this sadness. He's not going to cry. He's not going to break down. So he's getting scared. Yeah. It's, so it, it usually manifests itself in like fear or anger. That's very common. Yeah. So maybe so. that's why he just can't, he gets so scared when he's away because he just doesn't know what to do with all this sadness or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ja- Josh said he worries about Jaxie more because she, when she gets mad, she just says like, I want my nanny and get, but Gannon bottles it up and, and McKen- So it's like, I don't know how Josh doesn't see that what Gannon's going through isn't alarming. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we feel bad for Jaxie. Sure. But sh- we can say to her, I know you want your nanny. Like you can talk her through it and talk her like down mm-hmm. with Gannon. He's just poor kid, like doesn't know what to do in his nine-year-old little brain. Yeah. He's just like brimming at the rim and you never know when it's going to come out. Like she caught him just crying out of nowhere. So I, if I were her, I would try to have those types of conversations as much as possible. So he gets to a level of comfort where he feels like, okay, I can at least like let it out a little bit. Cause if you hold on to that, as we've seen with all types of people in real life, it can really spill over in a bad way. Poor little thing. I know. And one thing I did agree with Josh on was, that they should go see a doc, you know, a therapist or something like that. Maybe as a family, like there are grieving therapists that help you through the process of grief. And if they're all doing it, or maybe, you know, in a, in a great way you could take Gannon and she just thinks they're going to stick him on medication because his anxiety. And Josh is like, well, we can kind of cross that bridge when we get there, if we get there, but I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, so I did agree with him on that. Um, because you know, they could, a therapist could really give them the tools as parents that they need mm-hmm. to help these kids and guide them through this incredible traumatic loss that they all just went through. That's true. Um, and just the talk therapy itself, I think could do a lot for the kids and them, especially Josh. It's funny that Josh is the one who mentioned it. Cause he's probably the one who needs it the most. Yeah. 
That's so true. Baby's crying out. So um, we go on to Cheyenne's segment where Ryder's home from the hospital and, um, you know, we kind of get this little tidbit of Taylor wanted to go to the hospital a couple times and Cheyenne just said no. And I, I like how Taylor and Cheyenne have a good relationship, but how Cheyenne said it, like if I was Taylor and I watched that and I heard what she said, it just sounded a little bit like meanish to me. I don't think Mm -hmm. Cheyenne meant it, but it was like Taylor wanted to come and I told her, no, like there's no need for you to like, I had to, she was like, I had to politely like tell her there's no need for like a pregnant person to be. I don't know. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? No, I totally got that vibe. And I know okay. what you mean. I think because you and I are both like extra, like empathetic people. Yes. Um, but Cheyenne's like the exact opposite of that. If you think about it, like she's just like a chill, like no, I don't know. She's very like stoic a lot of the times. It seems yes. like you don't see a lot of emotion on her. So I really don't think that it was, um, there was ill intent behind it. I think she was just kind of like, oh no, it wasn't a big deal. We don't need it. So you can, she reminds me of my mom, which is funny because my mom's the same way. Like you cannot read her emotion ever. And a lot of times she has that major resting bitch face, (laughs) but she's a really a wonderful person. And that's like Cheyenne. That's so funny. (laughs) You know all about it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that's what that was. Okay. Um, I have so much dust like in my area. My nose is like dying over here. If you (laughs) wipe my nose Okay. So anyway, there's so much dust. I like itchy today too. I don't know what it is, but, um, (laughs) so I swear I showered, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think that that's just how I just, that's that's Cheyenne's nature. She's not like overly emotional. She's like very stoic, but I, but we did see a little more of her emotion later though. Um, when she talked about co-parenting, which I liked, I liked seeing that softer side of her. Oh yeah, definitely. So we see Corey comes home from the challenge. Um, and you know, Taylor or, uh, Cheyenne says at one point, she said, we did make the mistake of not talking about what would happen if this situation did happen. So we had talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was good, you know, and then Taylor picks up court, uh, Corey from the airport and she has this little bump now and it was so cute. And I'm sure like, so hard, like just crazy for like, she's adorable. I think my bump is getting bigger every day. So I'm like excited to show my husband like every day. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine like him leaving and she knew she was pregnant, but there was nothing there. And then like comes back and there's like a for real belly. Yeah. And he's so cute about it. I like how he nurtures her. So cute about it. Um, you can tell Corey had a hard time hearing that Ryder was sick though. You know, he would just like, didn't know what to say. Like the, he is such a good dad. You can't. Yeah. You can't even say a thing about that. Um, Corey and Ryder reunite. And, you know, Corey's just so appreciative of Cheyenne when she tells him mm-hmm. he wasn't mad at all. What did you think yeah. of that conversation? I loved wh- wh- how, like, nice he was to her. And how he said, man, we're doing this co-parenting game. Like, I love that. I loved that whole scene because Taylor was there and she was hanging out with Ryder. And it's like, that is goals. Like, for Cheyenne to be mature and big enough to have Taylor around um, and for, for them to all be in the same space and just be cool with each other. Like that's like true maturity and like putting the kids best interests at heart. Like I love, I love seeing that. And that's how, you know, Cheyenne wasn't being like shady or shysty earlier. That's just like her, her vibe. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. It, it's so cool. She's like such a good role model for people out there in the same situation as her and that it's possible it can happen. And, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, I loved it. But uh, we go on to Kate who, um, so she has this whole little segment where she talks about making Veda's baby food and, you know, but then she ended up stumbling upon Little Spoon, which is this organic food company. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, like, I'm all in. I'm going to be looking into this brand because... You're like, sponsor me, Little Spoon. <laughs> Little Spoon, like, I'm going to need you in a couple months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I just thought that was so super cool of her and shows just what a, a, a attentive and great mom she is but her and Tyler are going to take this trip to New York together just the two of them which I really thought was great and um she wants to partner with the company and um yeah what do you think of what do you think of their little trip yeah it's always good to see Caitlin like um focusing her passions in on something especially see how far she's come with her depression and her anxiety she's really been looking for something that like makes her feel like she has purpose So I thought it was cute, like that this is one of those things, given that she's all about being a mom and taking care of little Veda. I thought it was fun. What do you think? Yeah. And I thought like, how great she goes into this meeting and she really had like a seriously great idea for the Mm -hmm. video. Yeah. They were blown away. I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, that is literally the perfect video to capture somebody. Mm -hmm. Especially Um, because she has a fan base already. And, and, and her fan base is the demographic. It's a perfect fit. Those are the people that she wants to sell to, um, women that are mothers. So I just thought it was, it was perfect. I don't know. Have you seen the video? No, but she sold me already because I want to buy the whole company right now. It looked good. I actually, I just want to try some of the baby food. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want to try it too before I give it to my baby. (laughs) Um, what's funny is when I, used to feed Isabella. I loved the little smushed bananas from, um, whatever Gerber baby. It's like every once in a while we'll buy it just to eat it like as a snack. So I I actually know many people that do that. Like that's not, yeah, I definitely know people that do that, but I'd be more inclined to want to buy something like organic and fresh than like Gerber baby food. So bring it on little spoon. Bring it on. I love it. Um, so we move on to Amber, who she feels herself pulling away from Dimitri. Um, she translated her mental illnesses to him, so he gets it more. Um, she kind of just explains them all in his language, which was which was good and helpful. Um, he said he tries, and he was like saying he tries, and then like, the, did you catch this? He was like, yeah, I try to understand, and she was like, so do I. Yeah. Like, you can already see, like, like Amber. So, I mean, she she definitely has bipolar disorder. There's no doubt about that. But she's you can already tell that she's over it. To me, like at one point they were in the car and she was like, "Well, you know, I got to figure this out because I'm, you know, so that I fall in love with you." I think she said, or when I fall in love with you, or so that I can fall in love with you. But yet she's already saying she said, "I love you." So basically, she's telling us she's not really in love. I think yeah. that. I think that she's, she's like already done. What do you think? But based on their conversations. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just, this is, looks like another guy to, to kind of like, it just, every guy fits the same mold. Like they come in and they love each other and the guy loves her and they want to like take on all of her issues, which is great. 
mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, take on our issues and, and go to the, the therapy appointments with her and sit in the waiting room. Like it's my, like my, I don't know. I don't know a guy that would do all like, and she knows all these guys that just like mm-hmm. want a puppy dog around her. Yeah. And I mean, do you think, would you think Dimitri's intentions are good? I mean, he did pass this lie detector test, but he also found her on Instagram and knows that she's a reality star. I don't think his intentions are great. No, but I also don't think the guy understands what the hell she's saying at the time. I'm wondering if that language barrier is a, I don't know, but he knows the world he's entering and no one just like jumps into a, a world where you're being filmed you know, 24 seven, like he want. I mean, he's not dumb. I think he wants what he wants, which is the spotlight. But you know, what made me really sad? Cause you see her like going to counseling with him and them having conversations. And then they juxtapose it with, with Leah hanging out with Gary and Christina. And you see like, and Leah's doing her thing over there. And I'm just like, geez, girl, like, when are you going to wake up? Like you're spending all this time and effort and they show all the boyfriends. You know what I mean? Andrew and Matt and I forget who was before that. And like Dimitri. And then you see Leah and it's just like, you spent all, you wasted all of this time on these guys, which to me is so selfish when you could have been spending all this time, like cultivating a relationship with your daughter. Like Leah's an afterthought and it pisses me off so much. I know. It makes me so sad. Like when I got divorced, I waited five years to even really date let alone do anything. I just spent time with my daughter and like, you know, cherish that time when she was, she was, she was two and a half, almost three when I got divorced from her dad and like, just let her be a baby and just like had us time. And even now we're obviously, I still cultivate time with my daughter and, and integrate my fiance. But like, I couldn't imagine just jumping from one person to the other like that. And just like, I just, I don't know. It just pisses me off. It makes me so sad. Like seeing all the time she's wasting on these guys. It is. And it's just like, it's, it's just aggravating a little bit to hear her say like, James and Leah are my priority and this and that. And it's like, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. If they were your priority, you wouldn't have this other, like, I mean, you wouldn't have had Matt, you wouldn't have had Andrew and you definitely wouldn't have had Dimitri. Like she's she's gone to therapy with these guys. Have you ever seen her in therapy with Leah to see how Leah's doing to see how Leah's come out of all this to see how they can talk back and forth and how she can be a better parent. No, her focus has never been on Leah. And I want to just make clear for everybody that is going to maybe say like, well, you don't see the whole thing. Maybe she's with Leah every other weekend. The point is there's no need for like these guys because clearly you're giving enough time to these guys where you're getting into these crazy breakups and these crazy fights and it, you know, it doesn't really matter, I guess, if we don't know, like say, say, say 75% of the time, we don't see that she's spending time with Leah. We're seeing enough of her with other guys. But the story, the story is, I mean, the show is teen mom. It's about them being mothers. And her storyline has always been about her ridiculous, dramatic relationships with these guys. You see little bits and pieces of her and Leah and you're right. She could be spending tons more time, but from what I've seen, when she was like depressed or when she, there would be weeks and weeks and weeks where she could have seen Leah and, and Gary even said, Hey, you can come see her anytime. She's like, I can't, I'm not ready. I'm not feeling well. I just broke up with Matt. I can't, I'm not ready. I'm dealing with Andrew. Like we've seen her say, Oh, I didn't see her for three weeks because of this. I didn't see her for two weeks because of this. So we got her number. 
at least part of the way if she wants to claim she's seeing Leah often like she's admitted that she hasn't so yeah that's so true well I mean she does we, we have this little psychiatrist session where she does bring up you know having an alcoholic father and and that was really tough to hear and really sad to see um her have to go through that but I'm glad that she's going through those emotions and mm-hmm. working through them because that's obviously important um For sure any more thoughts on Amber? Poor Dim- I mean, regardless of Demetria's Demetria Demetri's intent, turning him into a woman. <laughs> regardless of Demetri's intent is like not good or not. He's in for a ride, regardless. Though you bought the ticket, you got to take the ride now. I guess it's what you get. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about our special segment. And Brooke came up with the best idea. <laughs> teen mom og of the episode so we've been telling you who we think the og our favorite of the episode is but we're gonna do an oh no person as well so do you want to go first or do you want me you already you go first i think everyone knows who my oh no person (laughs) so my og for the episode would be Corey. i think him appreciating cheyenne um instead of getting mad and it was just so grown up it was so super cool to see so Corey definitely takes it from me. And my oh no of the episode would be Ryan because mm-hmm. I was just so taken aback by how he talked about Bentley. It just made me honestly sick to my stomach. Seriously, you're so right about that. Well, my OG was going to be Corey, but in second place, <laughs> I oh, had, I- no, because it's for all the same reasons. Like yeah. he was just like, he manned up. He was great for both of his girls, for all three of his girls, Cheyenne Ryder and, uh, his baby mama to be. So my um, runner up is Taylor. And you know, that's who I thought you were going to pick. That's why I picked Corey. He kind of always, you know, steps up because and shows up for Bentley. And that's what I think the the measure of a real man is being able to love a child as though they're your own when it's not your own child, kind of like my beautiful fiance. And so Taylor has done that with Bentley. (laughs) Oh, nice. He's the OG. And then my own no, you know who my own no is. Obviously, Amber. I'm just like getting so like, it made me so sad. Like I said, like she's sitting here worried about Dimitri, having him take lie detector tests. And Leah's like climbing trees with Gary and she's missing out on that. And it's, it's unfortunate. Like, I don't know at what point she's going to get it through her head that that should be her number one priority, but such is life. And we're all humans and we all make mistakes. And she might just be repeating the cycle herself with her mom. Who knows? True. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, that's it for our special segment. Let's move on to some news and gossip. And like I said, I have we got the goods. Got the goods. <laughs> so just came out, like I'm not lying, this just came out. Teen mom's Mackenzie McKee accuses husband Josh of having an affair with her cousin. She takes to Facebook about it, and I'm going to write an entire article. On the AfterBuzz website, you can find this article um, for Daily News. So I'll be talking about this, breaking this down. Um, so it sa- sounds like she's calling it quits again, guys. So that's just crazy. Wow. So she actually posted on Facebook? Um, so she reveals in an emotional Facebook post shared by a fan page that she is ready to walk away from her marriage. So I will dig deeper. I will find all the dirt. So tomorrow, check 
after buzz teen mom daily news and i'll have the whole scoop for you guys um another thing i wanted to mention was janelle evans will be joining me tomorrow night 6 p.m eastern standard time on teen mom's teen mom talk with mackenzie frank so uh, for a quarantine update on how her and her family are getting through this crazy time. I'm going to talk to her about it. Um, so that'll be really great. So tune in. Um, and yeah, that's it for news and gossip. So let's talk about our predictions. Why don't we? Predictions. Predictions. Now, what do you think, Brooke? Your After Buzz TV predictions. Predictions. What do you think? Bro? Predictions. I think the my Ono of the episode, Miss Amber, will be probably walking a little further away from Dimitri. She's got her own issues that she's still dealing with. And, you know, she's going to repeat what she knows. So I think we're going to see that start to break down even more. Okay. Um, if I hope that Caitlin does go forward and we get to see the video from Little Spoon and that that's productive. And well, we know the gossip that's going on with Josh. I don't think we're going to see that then. No. Um, but I do think that we're also going to see probably uh, more strife between Mackenzie and Josh. What about you? I believe it. I believe it. Well, I think that we're going to see some crazy stuff um, from Ryan um, about Bentley's breakup. I definitely think we're going to see, you know, him just giving it to him when it comes to that, which ugh, I don't look forward to, but mm-hmm. I, I predict that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just some great, more great communication between Corey and Cheyenne um, and Taylor. I love watching their little updates. So we'll see lots, yeah. lots of stuff, lots of stuff to cover. And um, I'm excited about this whole Janelle Evans interview. Oh, she call herself Janelle Evans or Janelle Eason. So yeah. I don't exactly know, but I know that all of her Instagram and everything and um, Twitter oh. is all Janelle Evans still. So we're just doing Janelle Evans. And I feel like she's known as more Janelle Evans than yeah, for sure. Janelle Eason. So um, I'll ask her about it. You know, she's, I, I will say I'm sad that she's no longer on Team Me too. I'm really sad. But I also think that the guy, David... It's just a no-go like like MTV made the right choice. So I'm curious to find out what you ask her, what she reveals about them. I, I was like so happy when I found out that they broke up, oh. <laughs> they're back together now. So, you know, but her, her story has been the most like interesting to me. Yes. So I'm hopeful. And I've always loved her story. That's so true too. And um, I just think, everybody's just wanting to know what she's up to and the kids and the kids lives and everything. And, you know, so yeah, it'll be a great interview. I hope everybody watches tomorrow night, 6 PM Eastern standard time. So it'll be a great time. Sit down with her. Um, so on the next episode, uh, next week, Tuesday night, Amber's brother, Bubby makes an appearance. Do we all remember Bubby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's concerned about Dimitri's motives. So that's somebody that's firsthand being able to see them in person. I feel like he makes his annual appearance to question the guy's motives that she's with. Yeah. <laughs> like third time. Yep. Um, Ryan says it can't be healthy, especially when your body's trying to grow. And then there's like a scene of Bentley wrestling. And then Macy says, I rewind, rewound this 
14 times and I still couldn't get what she was saying. But Macy says they know something saved him talking about Bentley, like something saved him. I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm very interested Mm. to find out what the, what the Macy story is next week. Um, Mackenzie is being sent to truancy court. Uh Oh, that's not good. What is that? Like, I know know it is, but you should tell people what it is. Yeah. If your children are not going to school as often as they're supposed to, there's like a certain amount of days you can miss and they're truant, then they will give you, I mean, I think you have to get a couple of notices before you actually have to show up to court. So that's not good. But her mom also was sick and did just die. And I'm sure they took a lot of time off for that. I think she probably has a valid excuse if that's the case. Even before her mom died, I mean, I would have been pulling my kids out left and right to go spend a time with their grandma. Exactly, exactly. So. And see, that's the thing, though. You have to be smart about those things and say, hey, this is this is why I'm getting taking him or her out, and here's the excuse so it could can be excused, and maybe she just didn't think ahead of time to do that. But I'm guessing that's the case, which is never a good look for a parent. <laughs> why? does it is it, like, that big of a deal? Like, what would it what, – what does it look like? Because I just I, think, like – your mom just died. Like, yeah, she has a good excuse, but it can become a big deal. If it continues, um, sometimes they'll involve, uh, DCFS or CPS cases can be opened if children are not attending school often, because there's, you know, questions about the parenting that's going on, the reason behind it. Oh yeah. If they're education, then they need, exactly. Okay. So it can lead to more problems. So hopefully she nips it in the bud right now. Okay. So we'll see about that. Um, and Tyler says he is putting no effort in and he's referring to Butch in this situation. Good old Butch. Good old Butch. We're going to talk about him next week, I'm sure. And yeah, guys, so that's it for this episode. We talked about a lot. Um, I feel good about it. I'm ready for next week. There's so much that I want to know and I'm really excited for tomorrow's interview. So again, make sure you tune in and Brooke, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Give me all your teen mom goodness at Brooke Solis TV, S-O-L-I-Z TV. Awesome. And I'm your host, Mackenzie Fit Frank. I just got married <laughs> last year, so it's still taking me time. Um, Mackenzie Frank. So you can find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Frank. And yeah, we'll see you next week, guys, for another episode of Teen Mom OG's After Show. Have a good week. Perfect. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.